Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Burning Question. This is Dave Schofield, Deputy Editor of Behind the Steel Curtain, coming at you this week, taking my turn at the Burning Question. Um, I know last week we got to hear from one, I'm pretty sure last week, I don't know who we heard from last week, whether it was Brian Anthony Davis, whether it was Lance Williams. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Jeff Hartman. I think you got him coming on pretty soon in a week or so to come. But it's a Saturday. I know there's a big football game on right now, but I kind of like doing these shows when it's still light outside. Bring a little bit of brightness um, into my dungeon of an office down here but hey i'm glad everyone that's here that could join us and let's get ready for this big game tomorrow with the los angeles rams it still kind of seems weird calling the los angeles rams again but a few things to take care of first before we dive into the question and get some people some time to make sure they get their alert and jump on in and that is after this game on sunday we're going to be dealing with a short week the Steelers will be dealing with a short week. They've got to turn around, and we've got a bunch of injury reports. We'll get our first injury report before the Steelers even practice, probably. And injury reports will be quick. A lot of stuff will be quick. Of course, that's going to mess up our little bit of um, our family of podcasts. But here's what you're going to be getting. Tomorrow, at some point before the game, you're going to be getting a live update from the stadium. And I'll say this, I'm going to say at least one, because if something happens where if I'm on the way to the stadium and I stumble across uh, like a fantastic tailgate or something, and I'll just say, hey, let's go live and see what these people have to say. Don't panic if you were trying to meet up with me. That just means we found something good along the way, and then we're going to still do the meet up with other people. And I would, like we said, if you're not sure, make sure you follow me on Twitter, STLR Superfandad. I'll be tweeting it out. We'll try to get the the behind the steel curtain to tweet out my tweets to let you know what time and where we're going to be. I'm going to tell you, it's probably going to be on that, not the upper deck concourse, but the, but the, the lower end zone concourse that goes around from end zone to end zone on the, on the home side, not the bottom FedEx hall. Cause that's usually pretty crowded. It'll probably be up there, probably close to my section, which is around 122. Well, my section is 122. We'll probably be close to 122. Um, if we can find a great spot and have people meet up. So that will be going on tomorrow. So like I say, if you see me jump on like from the Clipper or something before that, don't don't be surprised. It would just be almost saying, hey, we're getting ready for our other one. Um, don't think that you missed out on it. So there's that. Then we'll have a post-game show tomorrow night. Then we'll have the hangover on Monday. Then things are going to start to get a little bit sketchy with exactly how we're going to work it out. Um Stat Geek might get bumped until after the game on Thursday, but between th- this week's game and next week's game, we'll definitely have, um, as far as I know, that we'll we'll have the standard as the standard and the Steelers preview. Unsure which order. If if you're just a fan of behind the steel curtain podcasts in general, you have nothing to worry about because they're going to be coming to you. We just don't know which ones might be which one, but you'll have one every day. Just make sure you're ready for that. And then once the Steelers have that game, it's almost like they're on their mini buy, which is they get a nice extended time off until the next game. And we'll make sure that we will still uh, continue bringing you content through that time. So that's kind of the schedule. If you um, are wanting to join in with the question, then you are here at the live chat. 
you can go ahead. I'm not really following that right now. We are going to dive into the live chat once we go over the question itself, and I'll let you know when that's going. So if you had a great comment or something that you want me to bring up, make sure that when that's done, you do it again at that time. If you want to make sure that I see it, you can use the super chat feature, uh, which where you type in your comment, hit the little dollar sign. We'll, we'll guarantee to make sure we bring that up, whether it's a comment, question, or whatever it is. I'll make sure I get to that. But I will tell you, we'll get to that after we actually discuss the question. So if you do it now, um, hopefully I can still go back and get it. Or if you just want to hold on that, that would be a good idea. The other thing that you can do that would be fantastic for the show, more than even using the Super Chat feature, that what would be to help us out more would be to go in right now and like the video. Like all the videos that you've caught on YouTube, if you're listening to this in podcast form, go in, like, give a good rating, whatever it is that you do, uh, depending on what medium you're using in order to listen or see the show. If you're on the live chat and you want to do it now, you can hit the little X button on your phone and it takes away the live chat and you hit the like button and then you hit the live chat thing and it brings it right back up again and you don't miss a thing. So it's there. It's ready. That would help us out a lot. And we just, more than anything, want to thank you all for being here and subscribing and tuning in and all those great things. So let's jump into this question right now. Uh, I, I was afraid I was going to be beating the dead horse a little bit too much with one specific question. So I made it a little bit more general so we could talk about a few other things. And that was this. Were the Steelers ill-prepared for life without Ben Roethlisberger? Now, what I mean there is, is I know a lot of us believe, and some, some of us don't, that Ben Roethlisberger will be back for the 2020 season. We will see if how that goes, how the rehab comes, how Ben's attitude is towards all that stuff. You know, maybe the time off makes him realize that, hey, uh, I only have so much, thing, so much time in life to do the things that I want to do, and maybe it's time to move on. You, you never know. Ben's a family guy. He doesn't make the decisions lately. He discusses it with his family. He figures out what's best for him, and I commend him for that. So you don't know what that, how that discussion is going to go down. But what about this season? Because this season kind of gives us a glimpse into life without Ben Roethlisberger for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's never been on IR before. He's missed small stretches of games, but it's always about when Ben's going to come back. This year, Ben's not coming back. Out in week two, and we knew he wasn't coming back. So the question was, how prepared were the Steelers for life without Ben? And the Personally, I think the answer to this question lies in multiple parts. Because I'm going to say the overall answer is somewhat. They were somewhat prepared, and they were some, somewhat completely unprepared. I remember having a conversation with several different Steeler fans. That was probably at least four, if not five years ago, that were very upset that the Steelers didn't have Ben Roethlisberger's replacement on the roster at the time. That was when that was in the early years of Landry Jones. He's not the answer. We need we need Ben's replacement. We need to know what's going to happen after Ben. If we'd have had Ben's replacement way back then, they'd have been long gone by now, um, or at least long gone by the time Ben was ready to hang it up. So I'm really glad that the Steelers did did wait on that. And when it came to Landry Jones, I kept trying to remind people Landry Jones was never meant to be 
the next guy after Ben Roethlisberger. He was only meant to be a serviceable backup, which is what he was with his time at, at Pittsburgh. So then the Steelers, much to, to my delight, uh, there's only ever been two times in my life that I've wanted the Steelers to draft a quarterback in the NFL draft. And that is when they drafted in 2004, one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. Um, I remember seeing one game on ESPN of Miami of Ohio and saying, man, he'd be a great guy for the Steelers. They should trade up and get that guy. And what do you know? They didn't even have to make the trade. That just worked out perfectly. The other person was I really wanted the Steelers in the 2018 draft to take Mason Rudolph in the first round. Yes, I was that crazy that I wanted to see them take him in the first round because I felt he was the right fit in order to be that guy that could be behind Roethlisberger and could be the guy going forward. And what do you know? The Steelers got him in the third round. Now, for some people, that changed their perspective completely on Mason Rudolph because he wasn't a first-round pick. He can't be the guy. Well, you know what? There was a lot of guys out there that weren't first-round picks that were the guy. There's there's um, a really good matchup tomorrow night of two fourth-round picks that are both of the guys for their respective teams, one of which – signed a free agent deal with their team where it was all guaranteed and one Kirk Cousins. So as much as you look at that, and plus you also have a lot of first-round guys. I mean, the Steelers have a first-round quarterback on their team. He's their third guy on the roster in Paxton Lynch. He was a first-round quarterback. So sometimes we need to just kind of get over that mentality. But the Steelers are, are going with Mason Rudolph right now. And we talked about it some on the preview. And one of the things that I feel why the Steelers were not prepared for life beyond Ben Roethlisberger was they do not have the proper offensive coordinator for a young quarterback right now. If you look at the interviews from Coach Feetner, if you look at the interviews from Mason Rudolph and everything, it seems like they are... They are more working. It seems like Coach Feetner is working more against Mason Rudolph. Now, I know Brian mentioned that a little bit last night when he filled in for the, yeah, I said it, when some people asked a question. I don't know that he's trying to sabotage Rudolph or, in order for Roethlisberger to come back. I don't know that I'd go that far in a conspiracy theory. But the offensive coordinator they have, in, have right now was completely – he was Ben's guy. This was all about Ben Roethlisberger. And I don't blame the Steelers for doing it because when you have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, someone who's won two Super Bowls, who's arguably the best quarterback in franchise history, he's either he's either 1A or 1B, and we're not going to get into that debate. You you take advantage of that and you you work things around that. But the, the question was, what were they going to do with Randy Feigner after Ben hung it up? And right now it's just looking like They've they've got they've got Mason Rudolph so twisted and torqued and not, you know, they've probably created more doubt in that young man's mind than they've helped him. And that's not the job of a coach. The job of a coach is to help your players get better, not take a player that has that's a decent player and has the potential and twist them up and make it to where they don't produce. Now I know some of people could say, well, that's a lot of that's on the player. You got to be above that, which is true. I can't deny that. But at the same time, those of you that also want the Steelers to use a different quarterback at this time, you, you want to ask yourself, would there be much of a difference there? Or would it be the same situation um, with another quarterback? Because it seems like 
when, especially when you hear Mason Rudolph talk in interviews that it's like, well, they're telling me that, you know, coach Randy says we got to take care of the ball. You know, I, I, I didn't listen to coach Feetner's interview this past week. I read it, the whole thing. I read the transcript instead. And I'm like, he's talking about, we got to take care of the ball. And he's talking about, we've got to take chances in the red zone. Well, what are you telling your quarterback? Are you telling him take care of the ball? Or are you telling him, hey, you've got to make the throw for us to get the touchdown? Because right now it seems like you're 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 saying, so do we put the square peg in the round hole or the round peg in the square hole? Because there, there's a way to do it together, but the way it's just coming across to me just seems like it's too contradictory. Um, I'll turn to you all and see what you all think here very shortly. So that's one concern that I have. Two. This was bad timing because the Steelers had just in the last couple of years moved on from some very large personality and contracts on the offensive side of the ball. We'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, but that that were also all pro caliber players. So you're you made the decision of who you were going with whenever things were falling apart. You went with the quarterback. The question is, were you ready when that quarterback wasn't available? So it just so happened to be bad timing there. So to me, that's partially just eh, kind of almost dumb luck. So, but they're, they're, they've got young wide receivers. They've got young running backs, um, but they're working through it. They're all working through it together. And the way that the Steelers seem to be, to be prepared for life without Ben Roethlisberger was building that defense where they focus so many draft picks and everything else in order to try to shore up the other side of the ball. Because just like we saw when Ben Roethlisberger came in as a rookie in 2004, what did he have? He had a great running game, shut down defense. Now, it doesn't mean that the Steelers have that great running game like they did before because you can't have it all. But it, but by the looks of everything in 2019, the Steelers are well on their way to continuing to be uh, a top-notch defense. So in that aspect, they were ready to, to have another identity beyond Ben Roethlisberger, and that is we're just going to slow you down and we're going to win those tough games. I don't know if they were quite there yet, but we also weren't quite ready for Ben to be done yet. So I think this season has given us a pretty decent glimpse as to what things could how things could fall post Ben Roethlisberger, because this is the snapshot we're having for the season. And then we'll see what's happening in 2020. So that's just kind of my thoughts on the subject. I am going to now turn it over to the live chat and see for everyone to give their thoughts on what's going on. So I am now going to do what I can to keep talking and read at the same time um, and, and, and see what's going on. Um, so I know we got a little bit of a lag here behind. I'm going to see what we have. Um, uh, here's one that says that we have Feetner is buckling under pressure. Okay. Is it that, or is it what Brian Anthony Davis has said so many times is that Feetner was still just the quarterback's coach. It was Ben Roethlisberger. That was the offensive coordinator. Um, and they just promoted his guy to be there for Ben to really be the O to be the OC as the quarterback, which if that's what they did, which is what is appearing that they're doing, then that just shows how ill-prepared they were for life after Ben, that it was going to be the massive letdown. So, so here we go. Let's see what we got. Mm. <laughs> Some people were just saying um, the um, here same same commenter nine eight six seven one X. Who is the current quarterback coach? 
That was something that I wanted to address at some point, and that is there is not one. They did not hire another quarterback's coach. And the reason that's so concerning is the Steelers run close to, but I'm pretty sure it is, the smallest coaching staff of any NFL team. The the salaries for coaching staff do not count towards the salary cap. You can have, you could come out for a game with three coaches. You could come out to a game with 30 coaches. There's no limit with what's going on in the, um, in the whole scheme of things when it comes to coaches. So the fact that they're running such a small coaching staff um, is, is questionable. That's just like they did not, they did not bring in another outside linebackers coach. They have their defensive coordinator also coaching the outside linebackers. We can still argue whether or not he's really still the defensive coordinator a lot or not at another time. So, so, so that's going on there. Um, I have a different question about tomorrow's game. They wanted to know, is Tony Brooks James the second running back tomorrow? Actually, Trey Edmonds practiced fully on Friday and does not have an injury designation going into the game. So they were basically said Friday, they were resting the ribs, resting the ribs. He has no issues. Because if there was any chance they wouldn't have him active because of an injury, the last thing the Steelers wanted to do was get another fine like they did with the Ben Roethlisberger situation where they were – I think it was the Steelers were fined $75,000. Coach Tomlin was fined $25,000 for not properly disclosing Ben's injury prior to week two. So they're not going to do that again, which means Edmonds is healthy and playing. So he's your number two. Brooks James is your number three. So um, uh, George has a very good point. Injuries are killing us. Lucky to be four and four. Got to be proud of this team for not giving up. Thank you, George, for being a good voice of reason that we often need to hear. I know a lot of us do feel this way, but some of us don't. This team is so underperforming, blah, blah, blah. I mean, look at your look at your superstars on the offensive side of the ball. It's kind of hard to find them. You've got a lot of young guys. Okay. Your defense is stepping up, making some big plays, leading in some great categories. All right, they just need to bring it together. And like I talked about on the Steelers Stat Geek this week, I don't think they'll listen to me. I don't think they'll play it this way. But this being an NFC opponent at home, when you're an underdog, this is your game to just let it all out and let it all hang out, let it loose, see what you got in these guys. See if, hey, have they... It would have been really curious to see, and I'm glad we didn't have to see it, against Indianapolis, how would Mason Rudolph and the offense have responded had they been trailing by a point with a minute left in the game and the ball? What would and could they have done in order to try to get down there and win that game? So we haven't really put Rudolph in those situations. I wanted to see him in that situation against Seattle, and the defense couldn't make the stop. Now that that defense is so different, and yes, Bringing in Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end it made all the difference in the world. Now I feel that there is a defense that can get that stop. Uh, Brian mentioned it last night on the on yeah I said it that that solidified the secondary, which actually gave more confidence to the front guys that they could just rush and 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 they would ha- be able to get home because they would have a little bit more time. It just has all come together so much with just adding that that one player. So. I would like to see what how the offense would would do. You know, hey, we got to just let it all hang out because we have no other choice. Let's let it all hang out against the Rams and see what happens. That that's a that's a great game to to see what your young players can do. 
I just feel like they're going to say, oh, ooh, we've got a three-point lead in the first quarter. Let's try to protect that the whole game. It's, unfortunately, I'm afraid that's going to be the mentality, which is the complete polar opposite of what I would like to see. So, all right. Um, Sean, I agree with this. Okay. I don't care if, if we're there to make it, uh, to make it to the Super Bowl, but to see them at least make the playoffs, that would be an accomplishment. That that's exactly right. And once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen because there's, there's still eight, we have half a season left eight games. So the question is, how are the Steelers going to trend over these next eight games? Are they going to keep it where they are? Or are they going to take off? Are they going to to grow and get better and get better and be that team that's rolling into the playoffs and not those, not a team that's reeling into the playoffs because if the Steelers are going to make the playoffs, they would have to roll to get there. That's what makes them a very interesting and dangerous team right now. Okay. Uh, Boo Bash wants to know, does the defense need to score to win this game? I'm going to say, do they have to score to win this game? No, but man, it would help. And a lot of it's going to depend You'll probably have a pretty good idea if that's going to be the case or not after the first quarter tomorrow, because you'll see what's the offensive philosophy for this game in the first quarter. Are we going to go out and attack or are we just going to sit back and say, oh, don't don't turn it over. Don't give them a short field or a place to score. Don't take a chance if you're down there, you know, in the red zone, because we want to make sure we get our three points. We don't want to we, we don't want to miss out on that opportunity. But like I said. Two trips into the into the red zone. If you're gonna if you're gonna get conservative and settle for two field goals, that's six points. You get to the red zone and you go into attack mode and you turn one over and you score a touchdown on the other, you're still one point to the good by attacking. That's just me. Okay. Snowman wants to know how is Juju's health? Here's my answer to that. I did not get an alert today before 4 p.m. of a roster move by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if there was one, man, I'm in trouble because I'd have to because I should have wrote that article. <laughs> I said to Jeff Hartman yesterday, if you see the Steelers promote a wide receiver on Saturday, then that means there might be a problem with Juju actually playing. If not, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. I think that was more of a, well, we don't want to get fined again if there's ever an issue with someone getting hurt during a game that we said, oh, well, he's been struggling with the toe. I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't know if they're just trying to keep the Rams guessing because we're still trying to guess about the offensive line situation and the report of Matt Filer playing left guard and Chuk Sikorafor playing right tackle, which was what happened in practice on Thursday and supposedly Friday. Uh, the Steelers have said nothing. They've announced nothing about who's starting or anything. Are they trying to – I thought it might be, hey, if Finney's starting, Filer's the backup – inside so maybe get him some snaps and practice to make sure he because he hasn't played there since the preseason um i don't know if that was a philosophy or if they're really going to do that because they wanted uh filer who's the strongest guy on the offensive line to be down there where aaron donald might be more often uh not sure what their philosophy is there <laughs> i even heard a crazy theory that i i passed on to jeff hartman they did it because they're using B.J. Finney at fullback <laughs> which i think that would be uh fantastic to see um but but we'll see. Oh, this just jumped ahead on me. So now I got to go back to see where where I was. Um, so lots of wow, you guys have a lot of good stuff. Um, I'm going to skip some of these. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry. 
Mark wanted to know, Mark from down under, if Big Med played 2019 all year and then retired, would there be more pressure on Mason starting in 220 as a third-year starter? Whoo, that's an interesting question. So if Ben would have played all this year and then retired, and then Mason came in and was the guy to start the next season, I, I think their offensive philosophy would have been different. I think they would have had more of a time to prepare and would have a better idea of what they're doing because it seems like two games into the season, changing quarterbacks, Coach Feetner was not prepared for that. Um, I don't want to keep knocking the guy, but I just haven't seen it. If I saw more cohesion between him and his quarterback now with what they're saying and everything else and him not throwing him under the bus all the time in his in his interviews I, I wouldn't say that but that's just kind of he's really rubbing me the wrong way recently with stuff like that okay Ryan Kellerman says he wants to see Brooks James as the return man I wouldn't mind seeing that um you know it'd be nice to see the Steelers get a really big lead in this game and then try something like that so that way I know you don't get dynamic returns from Ryan Switzer, but you do get caught balls. He does catch the kickoffs. He does catch the punts. You just don't get much after that. Um, and the way the Steelers have been conservative at times on offense, that's kind of what they want out of that. Okay. Terrence said a very good point. If Mace is the future, then we need a QB coach and an offensive coordinator to support him, even if Ben is back. I agree. That was a great point. Okay. Um, um, I'm not even going to mess up the screen name. He wants to know why the Steelers won't sign a veteran running back. I'll be honest with you because I don't know how great the options are. A lot of these guys were bounced around trying out other places. Um, I know CJ Anderson was a name that was thrown out there. Uh, report was he was horribly overweight and out of shape on his last tryout for a team a few weeks ago. So the thing is, um, it's not always the you know you, it, it sounds good in theory but it's not always great in practicality that could be part of the reason okay um so someone um fraggle fraggle says if we could get des on the team could help the wide receivers and mason he said he was ready to go in a week or two that was one thing i know brian mentioned it last night we talked about it in the preview i said as opposed as i was to picking up josh gordon on waivers if they brought in des bryant because they felt the need to I wouldn't throw a fit about that. I don't know that he's the answer. I'm not upset if they don't, but I'm not upset if they do. Brian's like, if Brian said last night, well, if he was that good, he'd be on a team. He's still not healthy. He's still a couple weeks away from being healthy. So let's not even worry about that until that could happen. Um, okay. So this is what Big Spence says. That's exactly what I was saying before. Feetner is a rookie offensive coordinator, and you have essentially a rookie a rookie quarterback. Yes, Rudolph's in his second season, but when he when you're the third guy, you get minimal reps at practice during the season. Basically, you got the preseason, and he never once was in pads for a game. So in essence, he's a rookie. He's, he's a rookie okay. Uh, Kathy says she would be delighted with a winning season. I think when Ben Roethlisberger went down, a lot of people would have said the same thing. Okay. Um, Keystone, you are right. Um, it says defense wins Super Bowls. Yeah, that is true. But you want to know what? It takes some offense to get there too. Um, so I would say if you really want to win a Super Bowls, balance on both sides of the ball. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> Bill Davis says, Freemason. 
<laughs> which is right. Yeah. Let him go. Why not see what he can do? So that way, you know, beyond this season, I would really like that. So once again, my live chat skipped ahead. So I might be missing some of those in there. Um, someone asked about Filer at guard, or is it Finney? That was something we did. I did talk about. So maybe we got that. Maybe that was typed before I talked about it. Okay. Um, continuing to, <laughs> hey, that's a good point. It says living in your fears on kickoff. Uh, yeah, which is funny because for a coach that says we don't live in our fears, it seems like his coordinators both coordinate like they're afraid to lose their job, which is living in their fears. <laughs> so here's something I'm going to bring it up anyway. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to say the name. If we can hold the offense scoreless, we have a chance that Juju should challenge Ramsey. I don't know. We have to hold the offense scoreless, but I think our defense could really do some some shutdown stuff. It's supposed to be not as cold as what people thought tomorrow when the game starts. It's going to be around 50 degrees around kickoff. I'm checking that because I'll be there and make sure that I'm properly dressed for that. Okay. Mark wants to know if the Steelers win by 21 points, will the NFL take us seriously? I'm going to say who knows. Last week, I thought they'd take the Steelers a little bit more seriously after beating the Colts, but because they put that... Too many people that don't follow the Steelers put that more as a loss by the Colts than a win by the Steelers. Um, but then they didn't take some of those other situations where the Steelers lost to the Ravens and where the Steelers even lost to the 49ers, that that was more of a loss on the Steelers than a win by either of those teams. So I know it takes both of them, one to win, one to lose. It really does take both. But you know what I'm saying. It's the public perception uh, of other people. I picked the Steelers to win by a ton um, because I had to, if you guys missed it on the preview, because my brother and I are going to the game together and sitting together at the game. And every time we've gone, there's been a progression against Tennessee. The Steelers won 40 to 17 last year against the Falcons. They won 41 to 17. So just pure mathematical patterns. That means the Steelers have to be due for the 42-17 victory tomorrow. Um, but like I said, for them to score that many points, it would probably take two or three defensive scores because Coach Feetner, if they get a lead, will probably huddle up in a corner and just pray that they don't screw it up rather than actually attack and score points. Um, boy, I'm really down on him recently, aren't I? But um, I'm getting kind of tired of him, the, the way he's the way he's treating his young quarterback. He's not. I, like, I don't feel like he's helping him. And I don't think the Steelers are helping them by not having a quarterback's coach. Um, so when someone said, um, we don't need to experiment a quarterback since we are still in the mix. I agree. I agree about, especially when you're talking about playing another quarterback or what we're doing at quarterback. I'm just saying, if there's ever a game that you're saying, let's get, let's, let's give, you know, let's, let's take the handcuffs off the quarterback. This is a game. The, losing this game, a game that you're supposed to lose, even though it's at home and being at home could help you with this whole aspect. Why this is a game to, to go for it because it's an NFC opponent. So that's wouldn't help you. That wouldn't hurt you in a tiebreaker situation. And it's a team that you're, that you're, that's favored to beat you. So why not? If this is, if you're ever going to do it, here's your chance. Um, if you don't see it, I don't know that you're ever going to see it unless until the Steelers are, are eliminated. Okay. Uh, hey, David Moya, you say you're in section 115. I will be over from you a little bit. I will be in 122. Look for the mask or come visit us. 
if you didn't hear at the beginning of the show, we're going to be doing a live show before the game um, in the in the concourse outside of the hundred level at the in the end zone. So in other words, up the escalators. Um, follow me on Twitter at STLR Superfan Dad, and you'll get an info, info about when and where that's going to take place at least ten minutes before it happens. Okay, Mark. Ah, I clicked the wrong one for Mark. Mark said, I, I kind of agree with this. The Rams are good on paper, not on the field. Okay. But they're coming off a bye, which gives that paper team a chance to kind of mesh a little bit more to put it on the field, which makes it tough. Uh, their new big weapon in the secondary got a game under his belt and some time to, to figure out what he's doing with, with the bye week. Although it was kind of a shorter bye week because they had to come back um, from London. But that's just kind of how they do it. Okay. Ryan wants to know how many turnovers does the defense get and how many does the offense give away? If the Steelers want to, I said it last week that they were due for this. Maybe this is the week they're due for it. This is the week where the Steelers are due for a game where they don't turn it over. And that's what helps them win. If the Steelers have zero turnovers, they have a fantastic chance to win this game. Um, they could turn it over twice and still have a great chance to win the game. But for every turnover, you lose, you're going to need, in my opinion, plus two takeaways. Not for each one, but above what you do. So if you turn it over twice, you're going to need four takeaways. Turn it over once, you're going to need three takeaways. I would love to see two takeaways, no turnovers, and a Steelers W. Um, so there we go. Mm -hmm. uh, every, every Okay. Someone says, Every loss hurts you. Yes, it does. But it, you also have to remember that every loss does hurt. And if you're supposed to, and if you're already supposed to lose this game and you're and you end up losing it anyway, why not learn something about yourself in the process and maybe even win the game? Um, I like when the Steelers are, I've always loved when the Steelers were underdogs, especially with Ben Roethlisberger quarterback, because it seemed like they stepped up to the challenge. They stepped up to the challenge saying, we're not supposed to win this game. Let's go out there and win it. I, you know, I feel if you have the right game plan to attack, you can do the same thing this week. But, and that's, that's my whole point is it should be a completely different philosophy going into this game, knowing that you're an underdog um, that I've, that Steelers have stepped up to in the past that I'd like to see them do again. So, um, we're going to cut this off here in a few minutes. I'm going to see if I can catch up here, see if there's any other good questions. Um, uh, David says he's going to look for me because it's his first time. Oh, my gosh. Make sure you get there plenty early. Um, it's just you'll, you'll never forget it. Uh, be, be ready for Renegade because every time I'm sitting next to someone who's new and, 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 the, and the screen turns black, they're like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, oh my. You don't know what's coming. Okay. so. Um, I just want to thank you all for, for being here um, on, an, on a Saturday afternoon when there's a really big college football game going on. Um, we wanted to get this out to you now so I can have some time to prepare to travel to the stadium tomorrow. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, Michael, that wasn't me that was told I didn't know football. That was Brian Anthony Davis. So um, so <laughs> just, just to let you know that. Um, anyway. Big game tomorrow. Make sure you're looking for us for the pregame. Make sure you're, you're tuning into the postgame. 
Um, make sure you're turning, tuning in to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Steelers needs. We've got great stuff on there today. Uh, I did. I projected my inactive list that I do every time to see how we do with that, so you have an idea of who's going to play or not. For those who asked about Juju, I have Juju playing tomorrow, but that's me. I'm the eternal optimist. Uh, we will we'll be back with more podcasts every day next week. Like we said before, the best thing you can do here, go in, hit the like button on whatever way you're watching or listening to this podcast, and that just helps us overall uh, with everything. Also, if you're looking ahead and saying, I'd really like to get to Heinz Field sometime and watch a game, I've got two different things I want to say about that. One, I just had someone who was supposed to go um, to the Steelers-Browns game um, with my tickets. They canceled out on me this week. I'm not going to get into, into all that. But if you would like to go to that game on, the, on December 1st, I have two tickets available. You can contact me, um, and you can go sit there and, and, and enjoy the game. I would have possibly thought about going to that game. But, unfortunately, I'm going to this game, and I'm going to the Buffalo game with one Brian Anthony Davis, where we are planning on doing a get-together for Behind the Steel Curtain. So, if you if you don't want to go to the Browns game, um, that's Thanksgiving weekend, by the way. Um, then start looking, start looking and checking out about getting some tickets to that to that Bills game, so you can come out and hang out with us before the game um, and and ha- and have a good time. So, with that said, thank you all for tuning in. Hopefully, we we'll, we will be back next week celebrating a Steelers victory. And as the great Lance Williams says, tune in. Tell a friend and subscribe. We'll see you all later.